Issue number eight of The Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm Unbelievable Andy, and with me are my co-hosts, the unbeatable Shane. Hello. And the unstoppable Rory. Hey there. Today's comics are going to follow Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, just like last week. And they're going to take us from November 1965 through March 1966. Hey, a new year. And uh, as always, got some got some historical context. During this time, Lyndon B. Johnson ratchets up our involvement in Vietnam. John Lennon says the Beatles are more popular than Jesus. And Charlie Brown Christmas first airs on TV. Also, here here's here's one for you that you missed. Um, yeah, hit me. Uh, well, Ben Grimm calls somebody a deadhead, and the the Grateful Dead have now become a band. Oh. As of I'm not sure if they were like. Established deadheads that early, but you never know because they would have been. You never know. That's oh, just they came when... out of the gate swinging with deadheads. They're like, everyone <laughs> has to call yourself a deadhead. At their very first concert in that weird coffee shop that their friend owned, they're like, all right, from this point on, we're all deadheads, right? Everybody on board? Oh, God. It's a term I've only heard to use to describe deadheads, uh, but I can I could extrapolate what it would mean if you were just, you know, calling somebody a deadhead. Yeah, it's true. So it was a little hard to tell. Also, <laughs> we called somebody a boner this week. That was always that's always fun. Oh God, I love, boner. I love boner. Boner is just <laughs> the best old slang that is not okay anymore. Uh, committing a boner. Oh, I've done such a boner on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. So we we had a we had a big week. We were gonna uh, we actually shortened our reading list by one issue because we didn't want too much to chew on this week because we kind of knew the uh the inhumans were going to show up and that's a big that's a big new chunk of cast that we get to meet in the fantastic four that we wound up kind of leaving fantastic four on a cliffhanger which is slightly annoying but it means there'll be you know more inhuman stuff next week since i'm sure they're gonna yeah. fade out of the fantastic four like you know book right well my understanding is that like everything of the four issues of Fantastic Four that we read were all sort of one continuous thing. Yeah. And next week, that continuous thing melds into a Galactus thing is my understanding. Uh, we okay. get we, we get that beginning like like a new thing that is also a continuation of this thing. So there wasn't quite a neat a neat like, you know, stopping place. But since we're since we're there, let's let's start with Fantastic Four. Let's what what uh, what do we got? We start with Gorgon. Right, that that's our yeah. our first view into what's going on. We get the it's return kind of, of Madame Medusa, and Gorgon is a new guy. Yes, it's kind of a fun little uh, intro because we sort of come in as if, um, you know, it, it's a pretty prototypical start for a for a Fantastic Four comic where they're mm-hmm. kind of hanging out in the in the Fantastic Four headquarters, kind of just goofing, just having lighthearted fun. <laughs> Sue's being um, very domestic and wearing an Sue's, apron over Sue's her blue Fantastic Four oh, outfit. 
<laughs> but it turns out, like, after after the sort of uh, that early little little action and Johnny Storm leaves, because uh, he's bored to death with how domestic they're acting, yeah. <laughs> we're kind of thrown into a lot of action that has already started and that we're not really privy to all, a lot of the details on, which is fun. Yeah, 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 because, like, Madame Medusa is on the run from someone we don't even know who we just sort of see in the edges of panels doing the sort of Arthur fist off screen, like, damn it. Uh, <laughs> and and she's, like, broken into Johnny Storm's stingray and is waiting for him and is like, cool, I'm kidnapping you now. Also, we got to go. We're running. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, even though she's got, what does she have? She has a vacuum gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. She's like, you can't, you can't do fire in vacuums. I believe she says you can't flame on in a vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) Because flame on as a verb is still very good. Uh, And yeah, the spooky, the spooky guy named Gorgon, we're sort of like, I I think it's interesting. We kind of go back and forth on how we're supposed to feel about him because it seems like he's just this boilerplate villain that is after another villain. Uh, and then we learn more things about why, and it is actually kind of interesting in a way. Yeah. Well, um, and it's also we we have this added context because we know Medusa primarily as not a villain. Like this is kind of yeah. And I'm curious how I would feel reading it uh, because it, it, it back in the day, you know, yeah, uh, where she's just kind of uh, also a bit of a throwaway villain, as far as I would know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly seemed like. I mean, if you're part of the frightful four, you're kind of throwaway. Though, uh, I mean, Sandman's a pretty big deal, and he was one of those. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they do a one page cutaway of uh, the Sandman and the Trapster in jail. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just sort of like grumbling about being there and how Medusa's not, and fucking Trapster sitting there going like. Oh. If I just had my traps, traps. I could get us out of here. But if I fucking had my traps, you don't even know. They'd be so mad if I had my traps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Hey, so, wait. Since we're talking about that moment, like, the the Sandman, like, punches the window. He's like, Mm -hmm. you guys are dumb. You put a window. I can punch it. And so, like, he punches it. And he gets electrocuted. Yes, you don't know about electric windows? Electric. Like, <laughs> like, so he, he punches and gets electrocuted, but how come he doesn't turn to glass? How come Sandman doesn't turn to glass? I don't know. It's a good question. I, there's a lot of questions because we've seen in earlier issues that Sandman can just get through the tiniest cracks in a building to infiltrate the Baxter building. Uh, how does he not get out of this jail cell? It's very strange. And the, gra- the glass he breaks shatters, and they're like, oh, well, I mean, we could just get out through that if another pane of electric glass didn't just slide in just to replace it. <laughs> yeah, there's like, like a what conveyor is belt of <laughs> fucking of Rube Goldberg glass. machine they've built to keep Sandman inside. <laughs> well, it, it, it is one of those silly things, and that's why, for the most part, we almost never see villains in jail, because the yeah. contraptions needed to sort of neutralize them are... Usually more like just kind of too silly and obtuse to be. And a drain on the taxpayer money, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who's paying for all of these Rube Goldberg machines? Especially if we're in Vietnam. Yes, we're in Vietnam right now. How are we affording this? (laughs) We got to talk about Gorgon's very strong feet. He has such good feet. Gorgon is a gay icon. I'm just going to leave it at that. I just, I, he is like ultra hairy and has a strong jawline and his whole thing is feet. 
he is a gay icon. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Well, as we as we learn over the course of this first like two issues, uh, Medusa and Gorgon are a member of a secret race uh, of divergent evolved humans known as the Inhumans uh, who have lived in secret in a place called the Great Refuge uh, ever since like prehistory, I guess. Yeah. It's Wakanda. So we have. Yeah, it is definitely like second Wakanda. Um, We have met the Inhumans. I mean before i don't know about all of them and there's even been mentioned a black bolt so i was surprised i looked it up and this is their kind of first true like appearance like not obviously they've shown up and stuff but yeah. you know kind of given the backstory given the given reasonable pages and stuff like that i do like it in a way i mean you you call it a second wakanda but of course we have yet to introduce black panther that's um, true so it's a first wakanda wakanda is the wakanda. second one and they're uh <laughs> They're very like Arthurian fairies. They're, they're a yeah. lot of fun. Their yeah. powers are strange and kind of, um, you know, they at least try to usually give lip service to the science behind how the superheroes and supervillains' <laughs> powers interact. You know, like they yes. they try to log- they try to give it like a, a a dollop of logic. You know what I mean? Yes. And and the Inhumans are not like locked into that. It's kind of the same as Thor. It's their their powers can be weird and kind of unexplained and they don't always follow through to a logical conclusion. So Gorgon yeah. only has super kicks. He's not <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's Yeah. Well, but they're it, they're bred that way, right? Like they they use science to breed themselves to have a specific superpower. They do say they they do use the word science. I'll give you that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Xanthian like nightmare kind of. But of course, well, it's, it's also not a little bit and, like eugenics. Yeah, uh, on themselves. But like, while we want to, we can call it science, uh, and and they can call it science, but they <laughs> behave like magic. Yeah, <laughs> science doesn't care about your magic. <laughs> Facts don't care about your magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the one exception that I want to point out is really it's really funny to me uh, is Reed Richards is always trying to science on top of everything, and when when later in the in the fourth issue we read they actually show up at the Great Refuge and they fly in on their jet and they see a flying inhuman Reed is like hmm how how does he fly he must have hollow bones like a bird and. <laughs> I love I love just like speculating that a, that a man they haven't met has hollow bones. Uh, <laughs> also, not even the first flying person they've ever seen. Yeah, I know. I mean, Johnny flies. Does Johnny have hollow bones? Does Thor <laughs> have hollow bones? I guess he flies by checking his his uh, his yeah, yeah, he, hammer. Thor doesn't fly. Right. He goes around for the ride. He hangs on. Ooh, can we talk about, I know we're sort of out of order. It doesn't really matter. Let's talk about my favorite inhuman of all of them, which Lockjaw? is Karnak. Oh, Karnak, the man who knows where the weak spot is. <laughs> Karnak's fucking <laughs> judo The man who can just wreck you in one, in one hit. <laughs> yes. Karnak is fucking incredible because he just stands there with his, you know, doing the hmm now, look. Shane said something interesting, and I don't know that I think that's true. What? Oh, sorry, I missed what Shane said. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. His power is he can find anyone's weakness. Yeah. It does not say he can find your clitoris. <laughs> the dopest spot. <laughs> <laughs> and even if he did, he'd just judo chop it. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> he would just, like, just kind of tap it. 
<laughs> and then you'd explode, I guess, because that's what, that's what everything he judo chops does. They fucking explode. Uh, so Karnak's definitely the best. But yeah, there is a there is an inhuman like giant dog named uh, named Lockjaw who is there to be cute, you know. Lockjaw's cool as shit. Lockjaw he is, is cool. cool. Just he's a he's a beam shooting dog with with antenna. That's it. Yeah. That's all yeah. he does. Oh, and portals and uh and yeah, his name and and he can hold on to things real tight. Yeah, he's got those he good can, good lock yes, jaws. He does have very a very good case of lock jaw. <laughs> now I their their whole vibe is super weird. And it is I know this is this sort of the elephant in the room. It is uh it is unsurprising that when they tried to put inhumans into live action uh, without an incredibly good idea or concept or visual design, uh, it failed utterly. That Inhumans show that they made is so awful. Yeah, because y- you have to embrace the silly. It's a like I said, it's a little bit Arthurian. There's kind of like you know little green men vibes from them, mm-hmm. and uh, also you can't. You have to fight the urge to just do X Men with the serial numbers filed off. Yes, yeah, you got to do something. Not. They're not the X Men. It's very they're they're a very odd thing. Like everything about them is like strangely royal family esque. Like they've got this, like you said, kind yeah, of Arthurian yeah, there's like, vibe. It's kind of Arthurian. There's kind of yeah, exactly. And you know, they're not this like young scrappy whatever. They're like they're kind of like gods. They're a lot more akin to the 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 god side of Marvel than they are to any of the the sort of terrestrial Though, stuff. There's a on. funny mm-hmm. moment when uh, Black Bolt re- uh, reclaims the 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 crown. Uh, <laughs> Which sounds way more exciting than it is, because all he does is just take the crown. He just puts the crown on. <laughs> and the guy's like, fuck, no! <laughs> They've been vamping for, like, two whole issues about how Inhumans are not humans because of those two extra letters at the front. Yeah, They're totally different. And the thing I found so funny is then w- when Black Bolt claims the crown, they list a bunch of, like human laws for the his right his right to the throne yes it just felt out of touch it was like oh you're exactly like humans then you're not a different at all well and johnny johnny storm we should mention has fallen in love very very fast with an inhuman named crystal and he keeps saying things like no one can tell me you're not human except like they're all saying that like all of them are (laughs) saying they're not uh, so I don't know. And, and like Reed is, is like his whole deal is like, you know, you shouldn't be hiding like your place is with us, with the rest of man. And like, I don't know that it is like, who are you to say that it is? You know? Like, yeah, I, I agree. You know, what's funny <laughs> though, is, um, a lot of times with these sort of character dalliances that happen on the pages, they wind up and we've talked about this sort of smoothing over the space between issues. So mm-hmm. he goes from, he goes from meeting Crystal to then kind of having a, you know, somewhat, there, there's a, there's an implication that they're like dating or something, that they know each other and didn't just uh-huh. meet that afternoon. Um, <laughs> even though explicitly but, they did. <laughs> even though explicitly they just met that afternoon. Uh, but then Sue actually calls it out. She's like, you just met this chick, dude. Call, Put it in your pants for one second. <laughs> You're the fourth best superhero in the world. Yeah. Also... That right after that moment is one of my favorite little like couple lines. Uh, Reed is like, Sue, when a man thinks he's in love, nobody can tell him he's not. And I expected Johnny's retort to be something about the way he used the word thinks he's in love. Like, I don't <laughs> just think I'm in love. I am in love. But instead, what he says is, 
That's the first time he ever called me a man. I am a man. My dick <laughs> is big. <laughs> I am a man. You're right. I'm a man. I'm a big man. And I love a woman. And she's human. I swear to God. No, I'm actually an inhuman. You're human. <laughs> it's such a messy. Like, I, I, I loved these issues because they're messy. Like, they didn't, they didn't follow the formula that we've been sort of set to like expect over the last couple weeks with the fantastic four they've they're just doing weird shit every week and it's great i don't know what's gonna happen they're more unpredictable and uh it's the first time we've seen fantastic four off the rails in a fun way i think we've seen some silly issues but not like really taking it in a in a strong new direction fantastic four pretty much since they started like it might not be the best title they have going I definitely don't think it is, but they're building the Marvel universe. Like the Fantastic Four are encountering everybody important that shows up like ever. Like I'm pretty sure Black Panther does show up in a Fantastic Four issue. Uh, Galactus is about to show up. The Inhumans are all here. Like there's so many villains that first fight him. Like Doctor Doom, of course, becomes very relevant to the whole Marvel universe. Uh, Not just a Fantastic Four villain. Like it's, it's interesting the way that they use them as kind of like a like a well-established testing ground. Like, yeah, here's something new. This is very exciting. Let's have Reed Richards examine it. And if it gets popular, maybe we'll spin it out into its own title. Well, even though Ben Grimm is kind of a, is kind of a, a wise, a wise cracker. Um, they're very much kind of Marvel straight man. So you can, you can mm-hmm. bring in characters and let them be characters. Cause Reed's just gonna be boring. <laughs> Reed's just going to tell us about it. Sue's going to be boring. <laughs> and Torch is going to be boring. <laughs> <laughs> and so it lets it lets the the cameo really sparkle. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super real. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So the dialogue to the part that I'm about to mention is uh, upsettingly sexist. Both Sue and Reed have some real hammy lines. These is it the hair week. part? It's all of it, dude. They're, he's just always oh. calling her woman and <laughs> yes, quiet woman. Uh, <laughs> but I'll explain later, woman. Just do as I say. Underneath. <laughs> That underneath the awful dialogue is a kernel of drama I found pretty compelling was the fact that, like, they seemed to have not thought their marriage would affect their team dynamic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they yeah. thought and, – and they're not having this, like, newlywed experience they thought they'd be having. I, I dig what's happening there. Yeah. Yeah, because Reed, Reed definitely still feels like he needs to be the team leader and, like, have that instant respect – uh, and like the follow orders angle, like, you know, like people like there's real danger. Like you need to be I need to trust that you'll just follow my orders. But mm-hmm. then like it seems to Sue like he's like gone hella cold, like ice cold as soon as they got married. And she's like trying to distract him like like, like in the admittedly, this is ridiculous. But in the middle of a very she gives tense, herself a haircut on a mission. <laughs> yes. She gives herself a fucking haircut on a mission. And then pretends to be kidnapped to get their attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no one's noticed my hair. You're and invisible, then- bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then Reed says, we'll talk about this later, young lady. Like he's her yeah, dad. Yeah. yeah. That part is uh, just so cringy. But you're right. The structure of it does have a really interesting piece to it. Like there's some there's something cool going on there. That's a fun exploration. It's believable. It feels it like this would happen to people if they're on a super team and they get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I guess I guess the things that we haven't mentioned yet about Fantastic Four that are at least slightly relevant. We we, we had the return of Dragon Man, that reanimated stone dragon, uh, who's just in love with every girl and tries. to I protect thought a them. scientist like poured like or am I crazy? Was there, it was there been multiple dragons? Yeah, no, they put a is... potion on. Yeah, they put a potion on Space Rock, right? <laughs> yes, this is this space is Diablo's potion. Diablo's potion that ended up on a scientist space rock and turned into a dragon that loves women. And yeah, this horny this horny <laughs> dragon <laughs> who is a delight. All yes. he wants to do is is scoop up a hottie and go full King Kong, and everybody keeps <laughs> and the Marvel universe won't let him. Like in King no. Kong, there's no there's not other King Kongs who like won't let him have the hottie. <laughs> And this poor dragon man is constantly thwarted. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have that situation going on. He fights Gorgon a little bit. Uh, there's actually a really cool, uh, as much as I kind of despise the like the, the ever-shifting power creep and power dynamics and who's stronger than who angle of comic books, it is kind of neat to see the thing go mano a mano with Black Bolt and have Black Bolt be the one to retreat. Yeah, uh, because we know he's powerful. Like this is this is obviously reader knowledge that we have from just general context. But Black Bolt, when he opens his mouth to finally speak, because he can't talk, like that, like destroys mountains. So like he's got kind of that Spider-Man situation of like I'm always holding back because I worry that I'm gonna just like murder someone if I punch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's constantly doing that. But the thing overpowers him, and he's definitely very strong already. And it was a kind of a cool like thing to see because we always. We kind of forget how dope thing is when he's just yeah. running around doing wisecracks, but he's like really, really intensely dope. Oh, that's the thing. Like, I- I'm with you that like the constant quibbling over who is more powerful than who is is uh, humdrum. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's worthless. It's pitter patter. But it's nice <laughs> to have benchmarks, and it's nice yeah. to know because you need to know the stakes uh, for your yes. character. Is, or is it do. Superman or is it Jessica Jones? You know? Yeah. And when Black Bolt shows up, hey, his design is very cool. I love his colors. The blues on Black Bolt's outfit. Just, I love it. Uh, but he shows up just kind of flying in, not talking, T-posing dramatically. And, like, just <laughs> looks terrible. He comes in hot. He comes in cool. Yeah, and he's apparently the rightful king of the Inhumans. Uh, his brother Maximus somehow usurped the throne and banished Black Bolt. But we just sort of resolved that. Like we said earlier, Black Bolt just comes home and takes the hat off his head and says, no. (laughs) Yoink. (laughs) I was a little surprised again. Like I said, that's when I went to the wiki to look up where the Inhumans first showed up as like, you know, the Inhumans as the Uh Inhumans. And it's, it's here. So like, yeah, there, there is no issue where we saw what happened to Black Bolt. I'm sure they retcon it in later, but right. Presently it hasn't happened on the pages of any comic book. No, nope. but M- Maximus jacked up his voice box and stole the crown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's so there. Once again, we put Jonathan Stormclouds or whatever we call him. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Badweather. Badweather? <laughs> Jonathan Badweather. Like once again, we put him in like a cage with yes. like a water faucet, and he's like, "Ah, <laughs> drippy faucet, my one, my one weakness. I'm gonna be wet. I'm gonna be too wet for action." <laughs> <laughs> Too like, wet for action. That's a that is a quote. I, that is a direct quote from the comic book. I'm gonna be too wet for action. And I I just have oh. to say like if if they had one of those in every comic like I wouldn't be mad about it. I like, think I that's the, I think that's got to be the title for this week. Is gonna have to be too wet for action. <laughs> 
so Fuck good. Me. He's always in a cage and he's always got a drippy faucet. Yeah. <laughs> the cliffhanger that we end on that we mentioned uh is kind of a kind of a weird one. We are like we said, Maximus gets his crown taken away and immediately goes toady. Like, oh yeah, I totally have it back. You're totally right. You're totally right. You should definitely have this. Uh, but he apparently has this horrifying death ray that only affects humans, and it's going to do it worldwide, and he's going to hit the button. And that's sort of well, where it's, we... It's called the Atmo gun. And I was interested, uh, for, with future knowledge, because I have no idea if this is going to have anything to do with the Terrigen Mist. Right. Because uh, it could. Right. But, or it could just be a silly, a silly 60s mega weapon. It's just kind of hard to tell. Uh, there's no shortage of them. So <laughs> it's hard to say. Uh, but yeah, I think that where we're posed for next week when we go into the Fantastic Four again is that Maximus, unbeknownst to pretty much any of the heroes, is going to hit a button. So I don't see how he's going to get stopped unless they just walk in on him doing it. I hope nobody stops me from pressing this button. <laughs> I hate it when people walk in when I'm pressing my button. <laughs> you got to have Karnak to find it first, though. <laughs> Karnak, where is it? Show me again. It's there. Oh, God. Thank you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, hey, Ned proposed to Betty over on that Spider-Man title. Yeah, That's he did. That's a good segue. <laughs> Speaking of I button bet, pushing. I bet Ned, Ned doesn't need Karnak. <laughs> Ned can find it just fine. <laughs> Ned's got that very stable income and the and the the caressed the caressed judo chops of a sensitive yeah. man. Ugh. He's got he's got the free time of a man who nine to fives and just wants to plow the rest of the, the rest <laughs> of the night. <laughs> oh God! I, it's so it's so nakedly upsetting where she's like, "Look, you're obviously my number two. Yes. That's, oh, that's so bad. She, that's literally not even what she was going to say. That's not what she was saying. Well, she's no. constantly like saying, no, it's you that I love, Peter. It's you. And then she's telling Ned, like, I can't give you an answer to your marriage proposal yet because I need to talk to Peter first. Yeah, because she if 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 she was like, hey, Peter, I'm in love with you. And he's like, I'm in love with you, too. She'd be like, peace out. Other yeah. guy. I just like I, I just like how secure Ned is. He's totally down with the silver medal. He's like, yeah, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> if it's okay, <laughs> yeah. so second place is better than nothing, baby. My name still gets in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you want to hug it out, Peter? Should we hug it out? He's aggressively nice to Peter, who has yes. done nothing to earn it. No, God, Peter's so trash. Although, yeah, but now now I'm kind of not even on Betty's side anymore. Now I just want Ned to have some self care time alone. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I just need these two toxic people out of my best friend Ned's life. <laughs> God. Somebody who's looking out for Ned. <laughs> Nobody ever looks out for Ned. God. Yeah, so that that sort of permeates the five issues of Spider-Man that we read. Uh, it's in all of them. It's in every single one of them. Yeah, he is. I mean, I mean, the, what it boils down to is a real problem. Uh which is on the face of it, the way that we're given, not particularly interesting, but if you dive a little bit farther than the writer is willing to, it is uh, actually kind of cool where someone is in love with someone else and they know that they have a quality that is a deal breaker to them. It's like, you won't like me if you like, this he's, is something like he's trying to I, white fanger. Yeah. Yes. I am not 
the guy for you. And I know that. And she's like, why? And he's like, I literally can't tell you. It's my biggest <laughs> secret. And like, <laughs> and like that would, of course, put you in a crazy emotional place. Like, I love you. I know. I love you, too. Well, then, nah, nah, because of secrets. <laughs> That's so fucked. It's so yeah, fucked. of course, of course, and like you said, because the, the, the writers have not quite have not quite found that. Heart. I mean, somebody knows the heart. The heart is there. Some, yeah. I, I, so it's I, you don't want to. I guess the problem is like they've had this dynamic before. We really got to this point where the the cards are on the table. Mm-hmm. But he also, but now, like Betty has been kind of hot and cold about the existence of Spider-Man in general. Yes. As well as as well as Peter's uh dark behaviors, as well as his dark passenger, Dexter <laughs> Dexter Parker. <laughs> his, his dark passenger. Tonight's the night. Now we are at a place where now it's true. He knows she likes him yeah, despite all of their ups and downs, but they're 19, so whatever. Right. Yeah, they don't fucking know anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh except that he knows he's Spider-Man and she doesn't want to she doesn't want to bang with uh she doesn't want to bang with a man who's out all night. Uh, yep. Getting into yep. trouble. What does she say? She wants somebody who will come home to his paper and his pipe and be there with her? Yeah. And he also says, like, you know, because the whole secret identity thing can sometimes feel a little vapid. And he's like, I I can't even tell her because then she'll understand why I can't be with her. But then she's still got to carry this, this secret yeah. for the rest of her life, which I yeah. found quite believable. Totally. Hey, we finally get Harry Osborne and Gwen Stacy in the same panel today. Yeah, we do. I'm I'm pleased as punch. <laughs> Gwen Gwen is admittedly a lot more uncomfortably similar to the women that we've already met in this title than I'd like to admit. Yeah, her her uh her sixties incarnation's nothing to write home about, unfortunately. No. <laughs> she has that same energy of like She's the exact same as Liz Allen. Yes, she's she just Liz, Liz Allen. Carbon copy. She's Liz Allen, but more blonde. Like so yeah. blonde, her hair is almost white, and she and she has like like they they draw her her breasts like way more like Madonna pointy. Yeah, but she still has that same thing of like the inner monologue. Like she's like, oh, that Peter Parker, and then we cut away, and she's like, oh, but I'm so attracted to him. They've uh, they've upped <laughs> the stakes a little bit because Liz Allen's the hottest girl in high school, uh, and. Gwen Stacy's the hottest girl in a in a giant prestigious university, you know. She's yep. and she's got all that same energy just dialed up to 11. Yeah. Which is kind of fun cuz she's like a lot more confident and secure than than Liz was. Yes. But it's still not that interesting to be like, "Oh, I'm I'm unbelievably beautiful and I've I've selected from the entire university this one boy because he was you know, he had his head in the clouds one day because he was withholding of, of, of affection towards me. He, he didn't seem to notice how hot I was. And yeah, that made so me dumb. mad. <laughs> yeah, he didn't drool over me the first time we met. So fuck him. He will be mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the fact that she wants to hate fuck Peter Parker is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Harry, Harry, I know, becomes a better Harry's dude. Harry's a 40 year old nerd. <laughs> Yeah, Harry he looks is so dr- old. Is, he looks so old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry, Harry and Flash and Gwen become friends. And uh, the crux of why they all hate Peter now is that when they, on the first day of school, when they all have a class together, Peter is worried about, here's some new information. His Aunt May is in the hospital with what seems to be a terminal illness. And he's 
understandably incredibly distracted and worried by this. And so much so that he can't even he's like not even hearing when his friends are like, hey, what's up, Peter? You want to have like a Coke with us? And he's like, he doesn't respond. And they're like, what a fucking dick. <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> I, I found this drama very unbelievable just because like, how would you not notice that this dude is like anxiously wringing his hands and yes. like scratching yeah. and running yep. everywhere and be like, oh, that's yep. normal. I bet he's just mean. I bet yep. he's just a fucking dick. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> Peter Peter is on the absolute brink of a nervous breakdown at this point. Oh, my God. The entire issue of Spider-Man 32, I think it is. Uh, he's, he basically he's doesn't like, talk. He's, a, he's on a rampage. Yeah. He breaks yeah. everything. He shows up. Oh, the at rampage like, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's really cool. He like he's he's so pissed and freaked out that like uh that like he can't <laughs> they steal the serum that they need uh to heal Aunt Aunt May and so he's just like running around to all the criminals in town just being so scary just like fuck you tell me where the master planner is and breaking shit that like every panel has pieces of wood flying everywhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the 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 deal is the deal is that Aunt May uh. She's been faking like she's been okay because she didn't want to worry Peter. And so finally she faints in front of him and he has to take her to the hospital. And she has radioactive blobbity bloops in her blood. And Peter realizes <laughs> that that <laughs> – Yeah, the blobbity bloops. No, no, no. I'm, I'm laughing because the, this whole moment where where it becomes science-y again. Mm. Like, like, like not, not to totally interrupt you and derail you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But Spider-Man has – Spider-Man has this thing where when they do science stuff – it's it's like a quick montage of Peter pouring something into something and like <laughs> swishing it around and then it's science. And so yes. it's like it's like easy bake Bill Nye science. Like <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, oh good, it's no longer radioactive. Fucking <laughs> But yeah, it's a fun moment because um he he didn't want to give blood the first time, but he was kind of roped into it. Well, right. And and it's because it's because he gave blood to Aunt May that he's like, oh, shit, it must be my radioactive blood that's fucking her up. And yeah, so he had to give her a, a blood transfusion. And um, he he did. Yeah, I forget what the circumstances were, why he had to do it. Is it I just do, too. The she's, always, type? she's always in and out the of the same... hospital. I don't remember. Yeah, <sighs> that bitch is always sick. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but that that at least puts some of the they recognized that this drama was not interesting unless there was a personal stake to it. At least at least they've realized that. So like making so Peter gu- feel responsible guilty, yeah. is is a much better way to do it. If you remember from that issue, his worry was that they'd test the blood and mm-hmm. find him out. I don't think he was worried that it would affect Aunt May. Uh of course there'd be no reasonable reason to think it would. It made him super strong. Totally. Um Yeah. But still, the fact that the fact that the callback is to where he was like kind of selfish about that moment, mm-hmm. the same way that that's and that's the exact same way that Uncle Ben died in a moment where he was where he in a moment of selfishness. Yeah, it works really well. It totally does. And I will say that this is the first moment in a precedent that becomes very important in about mm, 30, 40 years later in the comics <laughs> when this is a spoiler, I guess, but uh, at a certain point in one of the comics before I think maybe they reset it, uh, Mary Jane gets cancer because of Peter's 
Well, is radioactive splooge? Uh, is that real? Uh, yeah, I think that's the implication, or at least just that they, you know, they swap fluids all the time, and or at least just like being being uh, being around radioactive Peter has given uh, Mary Jane cancer. Uh, so you know, this at least this sets up a precedent back in the '60s that yeah, that's possible. He almost he almost killed his aunt with his blood. I think I think Mary Jane dies in a lot of the of the continuities, but mm-hmm. they probably got rid of that one. I think that one. I think they did. Yes, <laughs> that one didn't stick. Unlike his radioactive splooge, boom, <laughs> <laughs> boom. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, so he gets he gets Doc Connors to help out with the with the serum bullshit. Uh, Doc Ock turns out he was the master planner behind the recent blobbity fucking whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's 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 actually incredibly for once Spider-Man was incredibly uninteresting in its a plots. Uh, yes, although I did like when uh, when he is trapped under the the debris after his fight with Doc Ock. Well, after his sexual th- tentacle fight with Doc Ock. <laughs> yes, so that's that's actually that's one of the earliest most iconic moments in Spider-Man. They actually they recreated this scene for Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, I mean. It, it's a it's a pretty standard superhero situation. Superhero gets trapped under shit. Superhero finds it within himself to lift shit. Um, but it's drawn very very well. It's drawn well, except for uh, the sexual the sexual water that's constantly covering <laughs> him, and just like it's 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 the 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 streams are just meandering through his rippling muscles. Yeah, and it doesn't help that it's drawn white instead of blue. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you had to save a couple cents on that ink, Stanley, didn't you? <laughs> but it's it's a cool it is a it is a cool moment, you know. I mean, to, to watch great. him, they the whiteness like, of the liquid pages. notwithstanding, it's really well drawn. It's so cool, and mm-hmm. you know, wa- watching him find, you know, it, seeing somebody with super strength struggle because they're under like the weight of most of a building, and they lift it. It's like it's really neat. Also. For, for especially for Stanley and these '60s era comics in general, this moment was was probably the highlight. But even the issue where Peter's just storming around, even though we get think bubbles, we're relying a lot less on dialogue and exposition to tell the story than normal. Yes, uh, yes. Seeing multiple pages in a row with minimal text boxes was just like, mmm, baby. Oh yeah, it's great. Oh, it tastes so good. Thank you, thank you, God. <laughs> Though, though, during that sequence where he's lifting all the debris, uh, there is there is one of those like yellow boxes where the edit, you know, the sort of narration boxes, and in in it, he is described as having a superbly muscled body. Yeah, I saw that. So they know, you know, they, they, they know, they, they know, they know what's going on here. They know. So- <laughs> Step brother, you're trapped under a mountain of debris. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Uh, oh, let me help you up. What's that? Uh, nothing. Uh, in front of my salad. In front of my spider salad. My potions. Now my potions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that whole that whole thing sort of resolves where uh, he finally gets the serum. He does some sciency woo woo with Doc Connors, the lizard. Uh, and shows up at May's hospital room as Spider-Man, which is totally not sus at all. Just a random hero saving a random old woman. No kind relation. Kind of a fun moment. Uh, yes, they, they don't really 
they don't dig in here and hold his feet to the fire about why he's involved in this. But he couldn't show up as Peter Parker with the serum. No. He had to go as Spider-Man. And he knew it was kind of sus, which was Mm -hmm. cool. Do you guys ever notice... Mm. Do you ever notice how sometimes in a lot of these comic books, like the 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 most evil thing some of the villains are doing is just like research. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's a there's a point where where Doc Oct is like, um, oh, I can steal the serum because I'm doing research. Yeah, I gotta learn about radioactivity. I'm just trying to yeah. learn. Well. I mean, not to be a downer, but there's a lot of reasons for Jewish writers to not be super down with science in the. Oh. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. Well, you in know, the current, the bomb. In the, yeah, <laughs> the current climate. Just, the, the bomb, bomb is also too. a very, a very, uh, you know, atomic shit. This is this is an age of of uh, of terror. I think about the about the the atom and the splitting thereof. Uh, so you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot there. Especially Doc Ock. Doc Ock is explicitly always into radioactivity. Like that's like mm-hmm. one of his one of his bags. That's his thing. Um, it's his thing. He fucking loves atoms, dude. Yeah, that's his kink. Because Adam they fused his they fused his box to his chest. Yeah. The box. Damn it. <laughs> my hand my arm box. <laughs> yeah, I mean at least it was a fairly useful box. Uh to cap off the Spider-Man stuff, we had one single issue with a Craven story, which on the face of it is nothing terribly special. Though I always love seeing Craven again. There, he has this, he has this such a funny line. Uh, so he has been exiled from America. So he sneaks in incognito, as in like not in his, not in his lion, his lion uh, loincloth. Yes. And there's a cut to him. He's, he's in this abandoned warehouse hideout and he's put on his jungle clothes again. And he's so happy. Yeah. To be dressed like a cat. Oh, <laughs> finally back in my jungle garb. <laughs> The oh. cat jammies. <laughs> uh, my my favorite thing is not addressed in this issue at all. But like, for no no real stated reason, part of his ploy is to pose as Spider Man and like accost J Jonah Jameson so that people get mad at Spider Man. I don't really know exactly what that gets him, but I'm I'm just imagining this very large, built, hairy middle-aged man who is also definitely <laughs> Russian wearing a Spider-Man suit and going it is me Spider-Man <laughs> the real Spider-Man Spider- the real Spider-Man Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> I've come to, to beat you up <laughs> yeah, at least like four inches taller than Peter yes. too right like at least <laughs> Like just imagining his like fake spider spider costume just like ripping in places and his chest hair poking out, just... <laughs> his mustache coming out of the bottom of it. <laughs> there is no question. I am the real spider spider boy. I am the spider of the man. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, what do we what do we have at the end? I feel like there's something. Oh, Betty quit. Yeah, we find out that Betty quit her job yeah, as, uh, as J. Right. Jonah Jameson's she's, secretary. She's kind of disappeared off the pages of the comic. I mean, I, I would guess not to forever. leave room for Gwen. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but like she she disappears off panel. Like yeah. we just find out she's gone and totally have no 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 indication when she'll be back. You know, in the story, if ever. Mm-hmm. Who's the girl who takes her place? I don't I know. We don't we... know her. We didn't. If if we if we meet her, we haven't had a name yet. She's just a, um, a a dark-haired girl that we saw coming in who's excited about her job. Veronica. 
Betty <laughs> left, so now we got Veronica. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Too real. It was actually kind of nice though. It's it's not perfect, but Peter had kind of like a, a reasonably mature line near the end where he says, like he's thinking about like, oh, I could bring these photos in and maybe sell them to J. Jonah Jameson, but then I'd have to see Betty and it's only fair for me to stay away from her. I need to give her a chance to get me out of her system once and for all. That's the least I can do for her. So at least he's finally recognizing that, like, if he can't be with her and he's not going to tell her why, he should at least stay the fuck away. Well, it's funny because I, I part of the formula is at the end of every issue uh, of Spider-Man, he t- not every, but he tends to have a sort of somber brood. moment of self, a somber moment of self-reflection slash a little brood, a brood about... <laughs> Just a little, just a little cry that then spurs no growth in the next issue. (laughs) (laughs) When Stacy has a line about like, it's funny because it's supposed to sound like a dig, but I think it it works both ways, I guess, because we also know she's trying to fuck Peter for Mm -hmm. real. But she's like, look at that. Look at that Peter Parker all bent over his test tubes like that. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun. It's a fun little throwaway line. Mm, look at that Peter Parker bent over his test. Well, I like the I like the way I like the way he holds those tubes. Oh, look at him just bent. Look at him just like showing it to me. <laughs> I hate the spider hams poking out of his back pocket. I quit. <laughs> you can't. Quit. You can't quit. You got to give us a fuck Mary kill today. I, you know, I had to change one of them because of what you just said. So. Oh no! Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> okay. All right. So today's fuck Mary kill. In honor of Andy making us laugh, um, we have the Atmo gun, mm. which is which is the big bad gun from the end of the Fantastic Four. We didn't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Gorgon's hairy arms. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> his ex- his extremities. Let's say it's 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 his Gorgon's extremities. extremities. That yeah, includes his, hairy- his very good feet. His arms and his feet because he's a gay icon. Um, and then Russian fake Spider-Man. <laughs> Craven Spider-Man. Indeed. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, you kill the gun, don't you? Gotta, I think that one's an easy. I think that one's an easy game either. I, mean, I think you do have to kill the gun. You got to kill if the it was a, gun. If it was a sexier gun, maybe I'd go fuck with it. But now I don't. I don't mean to. I don't gun. mean to step in. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to step in where I'm not wanted, Shane. <laughs> May I make a change to your fuck Mary kill? <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what it is. Hang on. Wait. Okay. Wait. Wait. My. I will. I okay. will allow it. Throw, give me no let's first do your yours idea. let's first do yours as stated we kill the gun what do we marry who do we marry the oh arms? i married no i marry russian spider-man <laughs> for real yeah i yeah. think so i think i can fuck i could fuck the uh, the arms the ex- and legs the, ex- <laughs> the extreme the strength of gorgon i don't know if i need in my life every day yeah. the, ex- the, the extremities of gorgon yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, one time, why not? I tried yeah. it once. I think I think we're all in agreement here, and then we have to marry Craven posing as Spider Man in an ill fitting suit, <laughs> <laughs> trying so hard to do the accent. I like oh. that you're married, and he's still like he's still like not giving up on the act. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. No, I'm still very Spider Man. Ah, uh, just me, Spider Man. <laughs> Your husband, Spider Man. I can't tell you my secret identity. You'd be in danger. <laughs> 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 Only with suit on. Uh, 
my proposed <laughs> change would make this maybe a tougher choice, potentially. Okay. What if we swapped out the Atmo gun f- <laughs> for Karnak? <laughs> for Karnak? <laughs> Karnak and his amazing weak point weak point spotting. I I still kill him. Uh, the, I, for me, I think I'd have to I'd have to kill the arms and legs, the, the disembodied <laughs> arms and legs, so that you can fuck Karnak. So I can fuck Karnak. One ride on Karnak. One ride on Karnak's exciting judo chop hands. It ruins you for everybody else. No, you know what? I would marry Karnak every night with Karnak, and then. <laughs> Just one night with Craven. Okay. One night oh. in Craven and the rest with Karnak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a toughie. We're it's a so toughie. Stupid. I this 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 show is nothing. Let's stop this show. Why do we do this podcast? <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank, thank you, everybody. Uh this is this has been the Infinite Backlog, issue eight. Uh, and since we got rid of Doctor Strange off our lineup, I, I guess I don't really have like an automatic format for the sign-off. I don't have a great by the Vishanti <laughs> whatever, whatever. So I, I'll have wait, to lean Wait, wait. Can I what? do the sign-off then? Yeah, Can I do the sign-off? <clears throat> I'll be too wet for action. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.